This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm Walter Rigabon, my co-host again once this morning, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you this morning? I'm good, Wally. How are you this morning? I'm uh, recovering, let's put it that way. Staff party last night. Oh, that's okay. I thought you were going to say age, I, I th- it takes longer to recover for sure. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me if I was recovering from the Leafs game last night, but uh, oh, they're still I didn't, re- they're, uh, they're still recovering. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to to watch it live last night, but I've picked up the uh, the highlights and uh, the reports, and uh, not one of the Leafs' greatest performances last night. Uh, what went wrong? Well, they just didn't play well. That's all. You know, I mean, I mean, they've gone through twelve a twelve game stretch thirteen where they only lost one game, and now they're due to lose a couple. So I'm not particularly worried at this point. They play Chicago tonight. That should be an interesting game. Uh, technical point of view, they had a two nothing lead. That's uh, probably the first time in a long time that they've lost the game after they've scored first the time. first goal. First time. Um, uh, any uh, anything you saw from a technical point of view you didn't like? No, they just didn't play well. They didn't. Just, uh, just they one didn't of those nights. For, they didn't battle for pucks. They didn't do anything. Uh, they they just just played poorly. Goaltending. You know, the uh, the goaltending wasn't good, but he's been really good all uh, this this last bit. Uh, Bernier has so and Reimer as well. So I'm not worried about the goaltending. You know, at the four three goal, it was either the four three or five three goal. I think it was the four three goal. There was a shot off the boards that bounced off the boards, came out in front, bounced. Off of Bernier and into the net. It was a clear, it was a pass off the boards, basically, and it beat uh, Bernier. So you knew when that goal went in that the Leafs were in trouble. Anyways, I uh, want to announce our guest this morning. We'll have uh, coming up shortly uh, after, uh, shortly after our first break, Ken Reed, uh, Sportsnet radio and TV personality and author of a book on Sports cards. We're certainly looking forward to that. I was a big sports card collector in my younger days, Naz. I've got a few of them still hanging around, so I'm really looking forward to talking to Ken about that and obviously about his career at Sportsnet. And uh, He's one of the youngest, uh, one of the leading uh, young guys coming up in the sports broadcasting business in the area, and uh, he's got a a great reputation. We're certainly looking forward to talking to him. After the second break, uh, we've got Nav Badia. Toronto Raptors super fan. Actually, he's coming in studio. He's coming in studio. Uh, you you watch the Raptors. You see him all the time. He's uh, he's been there since day one. He's got the official designation, Raptors super fan. He's also an ambassador for the team and uh, very involved in in the community. And we're certainly looking forward to talking to him about the Raptors and his thoughts on the on the Raptor season so far, which has been uh, which has been a pretty good one. Uh, 
getting back to the Leafs, big game tonight, Chicago Blackhawks. It's going to be a real test for the Leafs at the, uh, at the United Center. Um, we'll see if they can bounce back. It's a bit of a test for the Leafs tonight. It is. They beat him 3-2 last time. The Leafs beat Chicago 3-2, and Reimer was outstanding. He kind of stole that game with a 20-shot save performance in the third period. So that'll be an interesting hockey game. I don't expect the Leafs to win, but let's try to keep it close, maybe get it into overtime or something tonight. Well, it's certainly going to be an interesting game. Canada's World Juniors uh, tournament starts this week. We'll be keeping a close eye uh, on the junior team, tournament starts on Boxing Day, I believe, in Montreal and in Toronto. Uh, they cut the team down Friday night. Uh, controversial cuts, but that's always the way it is with the World Juniors when you're trying to pick the top 23 hockey junior hockey players in Canada, under 20 players in Canada. They're always going to be controversial, and we're certainly going to discuss that at the bottom end of the hour. be looking forward to taking your calls. Maybe you want to talk about some of the cuts and before we go to break, Naz, really, really quickly, Argo legend passed away on yeah, Friday. Yeah, Dick Thornton. One of your, one of your favorite yeah, uh, football players. Certainly well-loved well and a well-loved Toronto Argo team and with a, a whole cast of characters in the late 60s and early 70s. We actually talked to Joe Theismann a few weeks back about some of those guys. Dick Thornton, fondly remembered, interestingly enough, not in the CFL Hall of Fame. Don't understand it. Don't understand why he's not in the CFL Hall of Fame. Don't understand why Marv Levy's not in the CFL Hall of Fame. Certainly something we're going to discuss at, uh, in the future, but uh, we're going to break now, excuse me, <clears throat> and we'll be back with Ken Reed. It was a rainy day when Peterville asked, how much loyalty is there in the world anymore? Well, about 14 inches, we figure. Introducing Peterville's new loyalty program. After your sixth order, you'll receive a large 14-inch pizza of your choice free with your seventh order. You scratch our back, we feed your face. Find out more at pizzaville.ca. That's pizzaville.ca. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Bond. 
Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on this Sunday morning. We're pleased to have with us this morning uh, Ken Reed. Ken Reed, uh, Sportsnet radio and TV personality. Um, Author of a book, Hockey Card Stories, a great book that we've picked up and uh, flipped through, you and I, Naz, and uh, I'm sure you were a big hockey card collector. But, Ken, welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Hi, guys. Good morning. How are you doing? We're doing fantastic. How are you? I'm good. I'm so, I was originally planning to come into the studio, but my little guy was up all night, so yeah, we uh, do this by the phone. Oh, we're certainly happy to have you in any which way we can get you, Ken. So <laughs> thanks so much for calling in. We hope your little guy... Uh, is doing uh, doing well and uh, and uh, recovers from whatever whatever's ailing him. Thanks for yeah, being with us. He had I don't want to sleep either, so he's, he's okay this morning though. <laughs> Listen, I got I've got three older ones of my own, so been there and done that. So all yeah. the best on on that front. Anyways, we're we're pleased to have you with us. Uh, obviously, uh, Sportsnet uh, radio and TV personality we see on prime time quite a bit, and on uh, on the sports and. Uh, your broadcasting career started out east. Uh, you're from you're from Atlantic Canada, yep. Nova Scotia. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, you started on cable TV in Dartmouth, I believe. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, to pay my dues. So I started in a small uh, community cable channel uh, in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. I was there for a little over two years. I did play-by-play for the the local junior A team, and they started up a weekly newscast, and they needed to hire three people. So, luckily enough, they hired me. So that was my foot in the door. So I did that for for a couple of years, and uh, realized I wasn't going to get rich doing it. And you know, uh, did the old uh, what every maritimer does, and I headed out west, headed to Alberta for a few years. It worked out well in Calgary. Then I ended up in Ottawa, then back in Alberta, and here in Edin- uh, here in Toronto. See, I'm still confused with all the places I live. So. Here in Toronto, so yeah, but yeah, cutting my teeth uh, working for the old local Channel Ten was a good thing to do. Like I like to say, I did everything they asked except call bingo, and they did ask me to call bingo. <laughs> Ken, uh, I understand you're a sweet D- sweet daddy Seeky fan. Is yeah, that correct? Yeah. Tell yeah. me a bit about sweet daddy Seeky. Well, growing up, we had Atlantic Grand Prix wrestling, which was before we started getting WWF down home. And Sweet Daddy Seeky was the man. He'd come down, and, and what Atlantic Grand Prix was, it was basically guys who toured the Maritimes for, about, I'd say, everywhere from three to four months every summer. And Sweet Daddy would come down every summer, and he'd brag about getting fan, le- fan mail from ladies from all over the Maritimes, and we'd never seen anything quite like Sweet Daddy Seeky. So my brother and I, even though Sweet Daddy was a bad guy, we developed a soft spot for him. And then, you know, I moved to Toronto, and I realized Sweet Daddy's living here in town, so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, we and had you guys him. Had him on last week. We right? had him last Sunday, and uh, he's he's quite a character. Ken, uh, we had we had a great time with him. A real gentleman. Uh, yeah. 
real gentleman. Some great stories, and uh, oh man, yeah, hopefully, hopefully you awesome. get you get a, you get a chance to meet him in the near future. Uh, he's, yeah, I might go down to the Duke, sing some karaoke, so I'll have a look out for sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might run into Naz, Wally, and Neil down there on uh, on, on a Saturday afternoon. We will go down together and have a good time. Oh, it could happen then, boys. Could happen. Can you know you 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 and Naz and Wally have something, and you and uh, and and the two of us here have something in common. We and Naz and I actually started. Uh, on uh, on cable TV in the 1970s in Toronto, we spent three years on cable TV. Naz was the the play by play man for the York Yeoman, but our career paths took a different uh, uh, a different uh, road. And uh, so we certainly, uh, when I when I was doing a little bit of research on you and I saw the connection with cable TV, it certainly brought back a lot of fond memories for Naz and I. And when you say that you paid your dues, we certainly understand. Yeah. Uh, we certainly understand that, and uh, we're thrilled that you're taking on an increased role down at uh, at Sportsnet. Um, you're, um, we seem to see you everywhere these days, and certainly yeah. you've become a, a fixture on prime time with the legend Bob McCowan. Tell us a little yeah. bit. Tell us a little bit about uh, uh, your prime time experience and uh, what it's what it's like. Worth. <laughs> Let me see if I can get that out. What it's like working with the legend Bob McCowan. Well, yeah, it's different. Yeah, I just I was I was actually just thrilled Bob knew my name, so that was <laughs> so I was psyched that Bob knew who I was. So yeah, they just kind of had me on a couple round tables, and then I worked my way in. And I guess now I guess you could call me a co-host. So it's between Steve and Brunt and I. We're kind of divvying up the year, and it's a lot of fun. It's first and foremost, it's Bob's show. That's one thing I do know. I'm I'm not it's not it's not the me show. It's primetime sports with Bob McCallan, so uh, it's a lot of fun. It's really interesting sitting there in the studio with him and just watching him do his thing, and the guy's a natural. Well, I, I, I would call him a natural, but then again, he's been doing it for 25 years, so maybe he's the master of his craft is a better thing to call him, but he just gets it. He knows, he knows what to ask, when to ask it. Uh, he's a great listener, so he gets a lot of his great questions just because he listens so well to the interviews. That's one of my things. I'm always thinking, okay, what am I going to ask next? What am I going to ask next? When I should be listening and let the conversation just go where it goes. So Bob's really good at that. And uh, it's it's just a lot of fun. I like I like poking the bear sometimes, you know, getting them going. Yeah. If I can get them going. But, uh, you know, sometimes we agree on things. Other times we disagree. But I'm not one of those guys that just disagrees for the sake of disagreeing, which I know that, that seems to happen a lot in media. But uh, if I agree with him, I agree. But if I disagree, I'll I'll let my uh, feelings be known. But uh, no, it's it's a lot of fun, and and I know they always say, oh, it's a big honor, but it is a huge honor to sit there with Bob and sit across from him, and you know, be be a small part of his show. It's it's quite a thrill. Let's get to your book, Hockey Card Stories, Ken. Uh, what uh, uh, me? What led you to come up with this book? Well, always I've always been a hockey card freak, like a lot of guys my age. I'm 40, so uh, grew up with cards. And any, pretty much anybody above the age of 35 grew up with cards. So I always collected them. Uh, I was a dealer for a time when I was a kid. I worked in a card shop when I was a kid. I always kept them. So I hoarded them, hoarded them, hoarded them. So I just probably get about 40,000 cards. So, you know, as I got older... It's like anything. When you look at older pictures, they kind of change, right? Like, oh, my God, what was I wearing there? Wow, that was really the style at the time, or that photo was really not all that swell. So I'd, I'd look at my old cards, and I realized, wow, 
that guy's wearing a uniform that was colored on in crayon. You know, I didn't notice that when I was 10, but now I notice it now. Or, wow, that guy has a really large perm for a guy that doesn't have any curls in his hair. So, or, wow, that's not even the right guy on the card. So I thought, you know, I could write my little blurbs about it. And on the Internet, there's lots of great blurbs about old hockey cards. But I thought I'd actually like to get to the perspective of the guys on the card. What did they think of their old cards? Kind of like, what do you think of your old high school photo? kind of thing. So I thought, well, what did they think of their old hockey cards? So I thought, I'll call a couple guys up and see, see where this leads. And uh, called a guy. He was really receptive. Joe Daly was the first guy I called. And I knew Joe would know what's going on because Joe owns a card store in Winnipeg called Joe Daly Sports Cards. He played played in the National Hockey League for Detroit, but made his name in the WHA playing for the Jets. Won, I think, four AFCO Cups with the Jets, three or four AFCO Cups. So he knew right away what I was going for. He was very, very good about it and uh, really filled me in on what was going on in the card, what was going on at the time in his life. And so I thought, geez, this was kind of cool. So I called another guy and I got another story. And, and a colleague of mine put me onto a literary agent, called him. He said, yeah, I like it. Let's do it. So I said, okay, I guess I'm going to have to write a book. So boom, wrote a book on hockey cards. So I, I spoke to about 70 guys, 59 interviews, made the book and, just from cards I've had and collected and seen over the years. And, yeah, I got, I got this book out of it, and it's, it's going pretty well so far. Yeah, I just want to uh, tell our listeners we're talking to Ken Reed, Sportsnet uh, radio and TV personality. We're talking about his book, Hockey Card Stories. We actually have a copy of it in studio. Uh, book can be found in all bookstores. Amazon be make for a great Christmas present, uh, especially amongst uh, us Canadian uh, Canadians, we had an obsession with hockey cards when we uh, when we grew up, and Ken, I had an obsession with hockey cards too, and I was mm-hmm. kind of hoping you were going to be in studio this morning because Naz will tell you I came down with some of my best wow, <laughs> to man. show you. I had, I had some fantastic material from the 50s and 60s, so uh, wow, maybe fantastic. hopefully we'll get together sometime and we'll... Uh, and we'll have a look at each other's hockey cards. I got some great Jean Bellavos and Maurice Richards and Keons and Mahovliches and oh, all, all of those great guys uh, from uh, from the late fifties and early sixties. And if uh, for all the hockey card gurus out there, if you can remember Parkhurst, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> uh, anybody remembers the old Parkies? I've got uh, got quite a few of those. And every now and then. Uh, Go down and pull them out, as I'm sure you do, Ken, and we have a look at them, and it makes us feel like we're 10, 12 years old again. Well, that's just it, and that's what the book's all about, too, is just to take people back on a little trip in time, and maybe they can say, oh, I had that card, or I always wondered what was going on with that card. So so the cards you have, were they uh, bought recently, or did you keep no, them? No, no, these are, these are uh, from my, from my the ones I was able to salvage oh. before my he, mother. He was, Ken, he was the only one of our, because we went to school together, he was the only one who kept them. That's outstanding, I love it. I, I, managed, I managed to salvage them before my mother, um, before yeah. my mother threw them away, uh, thankfully. Uh, lost a lot of other uh, memorabilia and some other mm-hmm. things that I wish I had nowadays, but managed to salvage most of my hockey card collection. And uh, aside from hockey cards, I've got quite a few baseball cards and CFL cards and NFL. Oh, and man, that's outstanding. Yeah, well, I'll have to come in one so day and w- look at them. We, we got to get you back, and, and uh, we got to we we got to we got to compare notes on some of that stuff. There's some interesting. Absolutely. There's some interesting players in your book, and the one that is the the penalty minute one with Dave Schultz. Yeah. Brian Watson and a guy I knew, Steve Durbano. 
You knew Durbano. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did know Steve Durbano. He's passed away, but yeah. I did know him. And he was as crazy as you said he was in that book, in your book. Well, it's funny because when I did the book, his name, and for those listeners who don't know, Steve Durbano was a notorious tough guy in the 70s. And a lot of the guys even said that he wasn't that tough. He'd just fight everybody. And uh, his name would just pop up unannounced guys would start telling the story and then they'd say yeah and then steve durbano came in it, it was just a notorious notorious tough guy so yeah so i wanted to kind of get a card the perspective of steve durbano from one of the guys on a card with him so brian watson i mean that's a beautiful card i think it's a penalty minutes leader from 76 77 and he's right in the middle of dave schultz and steve durbano which to me is quite a juxtaposition because Brian Watson kind of came from the original sixth era. You know, he played when he was coming up, he played senior hockey with Doug Harvey. So he'd, he'd seen this era where it was original six and there weren't designated tough guys per se. And then he ends up playing in the seventies where every team is just armed with three or four guys. And he's on a hockey card with Dave Schultz and Steve Durbano. So he kind of enlightens me about, his run-ins with those two and, and kind of how the game changed over the years. And when I called Brian, he just started laughing. As soon as I called him, I like, what's so funny? He goes, it's the middle of July. I'm in my restaurant, and you're calling me about a hockey card? I was like, yeah. He goes, I actually just saw that card last week. I was at a signing, and some guy brought it up to my table. He goes, I just started laughing. I, just, I grin every time I see it because, you know, who's on a card with me, basically. You're a, you're a keen observer of the, uh, of the sports card, uh, hockey card market, and I've sort of lost track of it over the years, Ken. I, I go mm-hmm. down there, and I, for me, it's never been an investment, or I never did right. it to make money. I mean, it was just, you go take a look at your cards, and it takes you back to, to your youth. But uh, what's happening in the, in the hockey card market these days? Uh, is it still popular amongst, uh, amongst kids? Uh, um, is it still as popular as, we, as when we were kids? Uh, definitely not. It's still out there. There's still a very strong market, but no, I mean, kids aren't running down to the corner store ripping open packs of cards. I mean, kids still buy them, but I still go to shows, and it's it's kind of weird because there's an uh, there's a group that buys a lot of the new stuff, and then there's I'm mean, I'd be in a group that just buys the older stuff, you know, and I don't really care about condition. I'm like you. I just wanted to kind of take me on a trip back to my youth. So, but I mean, you can buy it. There's a upper deck has a a uh, series called the cup and the packs. I'm serious when I say this, a pack of cards is $500. So people will line up and buy these packs. Then again, you can get other packs. Upper deck owns the rights to OPG, which I'm sure we all collected growing up. We sure did. Yeah. Yep. You can get a pack of OPG for, you know, two bucks or buck 52 bucks. So it's kind of like, uh, there's a card made for everyone. It's not like when we were kids and there was one option. So you buy your pack of OPG for a quarter. So now you can buy a pack of cards from anywhere from two bucks to, to five hundred bucks. And when these guys are buying these five hundred dollar packs, the cards come in protective cases. You're basically paying the lotto, right? Because you're buying a pack, hoping you get a big what they call a hit. So you pull out a Nathan McKinnon signed card or, or whatever. But yeah, it's definitely changed. It's more high tech now. It's more specialized. Not everybody in their dog collects cards anymore, like in the boom or on eighty nine, ninety, ninety one. But it's healthy. I will say that they have a they have a, a card show every usually month. Toronto Card Show puts on a show. They put on a good show. There's a big international expo that takes place um, out by the airport in May and November usually. 
you get a lot of people out there. And then even in my neighborhood, Hammer Time Sports up on Kingston Road, it's a good little card, a memorabilia shop. So I actually had a signing there yesterday for the book with um, Dennis Maruk and Ron Ellis were there as well. So it's it's still out there. It's just not as crazy as it used to be. I guess the, the fly-by-nighters aren't in it anymore. Just the, the ones that are kind of in it are kind of still the hardcore ones that were kind of in before everybody tried to cash in. Ken, what is the highest value card, hockey card out there now? Um, if you can get your hand on an old tobacco card of George Vesna, uh, that's a pretty rare old card um, that, that turns a lot of heads. How about, uh, in, how about in the modern era after yeah. uh, after 50? Is it still the Bobby Orr rookie card, the the um, the 66 well, tops? That's a good card. A 51-52 Parkers. Uh, uh, the, the How and the re- how. The How, yeah. And the Rocket. Yeah. The Rocket Richard. If you get those in high-grade condition, you're looking at a really nice payday. Even a Gretzky rookie, if it's in really, really good shape, you're looking at a really good payday um, or, or a rookie. But, again, what, what factors in so important now because it's become such almost a niche industry is the condition. So if you get a, an, an Orr, a Gretzky, a Howard, a Shard in prime condition, graded, the grade cards now, companies grade them, PSA, if you get it like a 9.5 or a 10, then you're looking at really, really, really big money. Whereas if you you just want to get the card and you don't really care about the condition, you can pay a hell of a lot less. So it's it's become a very specialized hobby with the card grading, with these big high high priced packs. But then again, if you just want to enter kind of for the innocence, like what we're yeah, talking about, of course. you can buy a pack of OPG for you know a couple bucks. You can buy old cards. I like I bought an old uh, Jean Beliveau a couple shows ago. It's it's really beat up. But I don't care, so I didn't pay much for it. And I bought a, a Gordy Howe from '67 for eight bucks a couple of weeks ago because it's really beat up, and I just wanted to have the card. I don't, I don't need it to yep. make money and have to sacrifice a mortgage payment to get it. But some people, some collectors, want things in perfect condition, and when you want it in a prime mint condition, you're gonna you're gonna pay for that. What do you find the most interesting story out of your book? Which one of the 59 players that you have? Oh, wow. cards, which is the one that uh, y- you like the most? I don't know if I can narrow it down to one, but uh, I'll, I guess I, I'll give you the one I would point out is one that kind of solved the childhood mystery. And for my brother and I, there's a great, great card of a guy, Phil Roberto. He played for Montreal, then he played for St. Louis. He went to the WHA. Phil was a pretty tough player, but he was, he was by no means a goon. He actually assisted on John Beliveau's 500th goal. And on the card, it's from 73 to 74, he's fighting. He's fighting a guy on the New York Islanders. And my brother and I had this card, and we're like, look at this. So look at this card. He's fighting. There's a fight on the hockey cards. So my brother had it on his wall in our bedroom. I'll never forget. And we always said, what's the deal with that guy? And, I mean, I'm talking, you know, pre-internet. So the only thing we know about Phil Roberto is he's a guy in a hockey card fighting. And the only info we can find on Phil Roberto is whatever's on the back of the hockey card which is another thing which made cards so great. It was literally our encyclopedias. So I said, if I'm doing this book, I have to have this card. I have to contact this Phil Roberto guy. So I track him down. He's in Alabama, and the phone rings one morning. He's calling me back, and he gave me the whole story of who he's fighting on the card. It turns out he's fighting Billy Smith, which I thought was hilarious. He's (laughs) fighting a goalie, and, you know, nobody's rushing in. He's just having a fight with a goalie, whereas you fought a goalie now. And everybody would be tackling you, but 
Yeah, so he enlightens me that he's fighting Billy Smith. He didn't take a lot of gruff off Billy. He liked getting goalies' faces, and as we know, Billy didn't like that. So kind of enlightens me on that. He said, yeah, he almost fought Jerry Cheevers as well, which I thought was funny, another Hall of Fame goalie. So he solved that mystery for me. But And then again, some of the other stories I liked uh, from the book were guys that just had one card or guys that just had a quick, brief little moment in the National Hockey League. There's a guy like Craig Fisher. He's from out in Whitby. And, you know, he played two games of Philadelphia his rookie year, and he thought, okay, no big whoop. And that, then that, that summer, he gets a knock on the door, and it's a courier. They have a box for him and a check, and he's, what the hell is this? He opens up the box. There's a bunch of his own hockey cards that the company sent to him, and him and his brother are just giddy, sleeping out. You know, oh, my God, I got my own hockey card. And validated his place in the NHL. And, you know, and then there's stories with Denny Potvin on his rookie card that I really enjoy, Bobby Orr from the 76 Canada Cup, so... I could go on and on because I actually uh, I like talking to pretty much just about everybody in the book or just about everybody in the book. So, so we're talking what's uh, fun. Ken, uh, just want to remind our listeners we're talking to Ken Reed, sports uh, net radio and TV personality. We're talking about his book, Hockey Card Stories, uh, Four Days to Christmas. If you don't want, if you don't know what you want to buy, someone head out to the bookstore or go to Amazon. Hockey card stories, if uh, you collected hockey cards or you have any interest in the hobby or if you have a, a, a son or daughter, uh, Naz and I have uh, looked at the book. We highly recommend it. Uh, it will be fascinating reading for, uh, for those of us that uh, like to go down memory lane and uh, look at hockey cards. My one regret, Ken, is... Uh, I've got uh, I've got a pretty good collection, but unfortunately, too many uh, too many topsies and leanies and all that stuff we used to do with them back days. So the corners are a bit frayed, and uh, they didn't they didn't come they didn't come through the years in what they call I guess PSA grade nine condition or whatever it's called. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. we uh, we played with our hockey cards in those days, and uh, it's funny. They, they, Mine are the same. The ones I have from when I was a kid are the same. They're all dinged up and bent up. And I find the ones that that you'd find in mint condition from years back then, and I'm speaking from experience too, my friends that would happen that that they weren't dinged up. Usually, the guys who weren't that into hockey, and you know their their parents might buy them a couple packs of cards, or they'd come across a couple packs of cards, and they'd open them, and then they'd just say, "Okay," and then they'd just put them on a shelf and they'd sit there. Whereas I found the guys that were really into hockey, the cards would be bent and up because you're leaning them on the wall and you're putting them in your bikes. So the guys who are into it, their cards are really damaged from when they were kids. But the guys who weren't that into it, their cards ended up in really good condition. And ironically enough, the guys who weren't that into it ended up with the cards that are worth the most because they're in the best condition. Anyways, Ken, we've uh, we've got a, just a few minutes left, and we thank you for the uh, all the time you've taken for us this morning. I know you've got other pressing concerns with you with your child, but we'd be remiss if we don't take advantage of a little bit of your sports expertise and knowledge. We've got uh, the World Junior Tournament coming up in Montreal and Toronto over the course of the next couple of weeks, which always grabs Canadians' attention. Uh, your what are we looking for? Your prognostication, and uh, what does this Canadian team look like? Well, the Canadian team looks really good, as they always do. I wish we wouldn't put as much pressure on these kids. I really I really think that we put too much pressure on these kids at World Junior time. Um, yeah, they're men. And, I mean, you got a guy like Curtis Lazard, who's coming down from Ottawa to, to play in the tournament. There's a guy from the New York Rangers that's playing it. So they're men. But they're also kids. I still feel bad for Mark Vissentine what happened in that game against Russia a couple years ago in that. Everybody freaked out their kids. But the expectation, as always, is gold. It's a lot of pressure. Playing on home soil is going to be even more pressure. 
But, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, how McDavid plays with Lazar. I mean, that's that's going to be quite an experience experiment. But then you got a top-notch guy like Jack Eichel who's going to be playing playing for the U.S. And, I mean, it was a, Finland's won gold. So there's a lot of teams that can win. And the old one-game winner-take-all scenario, as we all know, that can change things. But Canada's definitely due definitely do for a gold. I haven't won gold, uh, I believe, since 2009. So it should be interesting to see how it uh, how it all comes down. But I think Canada will be pretty, pretty good nets. I think, you know, Zach Cali, who was just traded to the Ramparts over the weekend, by the way, from Halifax. Yeah. Really good goalie. Um, but it's so hard to predict in the, in the, the one-game winner-take-all scenario. But, I mean, if you're if you're betting, you have to bet on Canada. I think that, that goes without saying. Anyways, we've been talking to Ken Reed, uh, sports, uh, Sportsnet radio and TV personality and author of Hockey Card Stories. Ken, thanks so much for taking the time for us this morning. We know that uh, you've had other priorities to deal with this morning, and uh, we certainly appreciate your time. And uh, we wish you all the best of the holiday season, and hopefully uh, we can talk to you again on the show in the near future. Thanks again, Ken. Guys, thanks a million for having me on, and I will. Uh, I'd love to come into the studio. I'll just well, convince my little guy to sleep one night, we, we, and uh, I'll, I'll definitely come in. But thank you so very much for having me. I appreciate it's it. It's our thanks, pleasure. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Ken. That was uh, Ken Reed, uh, Sportsnet anchor, uh, certainly a rising star in the sports uh, media business in the Toronto area, and we thank him for coming in, uh, not for talking to us this morning. Anyways, uh, we're going. We're going to commercial now, and we'll be back shortly. Thank you. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I got my fill. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. You get two Ponzerati with two toppings each, plus two big Pepsis, the deal is a peach. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. Just $13.99, that's low. For show, let's, whoa. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. Visit pizzaville.ca or call 736-3636. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too. But the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying... 
Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on AM740 Radio. Um, we're going to open up the lines. We want to talk... Uh, you want to call in uh, World Junior Tournament, Leafs, Raptors, give us a call. Certainly some controversial picks on the World Junior team. You want to talk about that, please give us a call. Our phone number is 416-360-0740-1866-740-0740. Once again, those numbers, 416-360-0740. 1-866-740-0740. It's that time of the show where we give away the Scruples gift card. They're hot items. It's a few days till Christmas. Uh, If you're missing something, a stocking stuffer, your special someone, you want to score some points, give them a Scruples gift card. We've got one we're going to give away right now, $100. Give us a call, second caller. These gift cards can also be purchased online www.scruplesalon.com. Two locations, one in Woodbridge, one in Pickering. A $100 gift card to the second caller. Please call us right away. There have been great items. People have called in before and um, going over really, really well. Once again, give us a call. We'd like to open up the lines. We'd like to talk to you. Uh, if you've got some thoughts about the World Juniors, the World Junior Tournament, 416 360 Zero seven four zero one eight six six seven four zero zero seven four zero. It's that time of year again, Naz. Uh, the World Junior Tournament certainly captivates the nation, and we do have a call. Let's go to that call. We've got Dan the General. Who's the General from Etobicoke, Ontario? Dan the General. What do you want to talk about this morning? Dan the General, are you on the line? Dan. Hey, Wally, what's going on? We got you there. Yeah. What's on your sports mind this morning? What's, uh, well, you're t- you're what's... talking about, first of all, the, the, those uh, hockey card things. That's a great uh, thing. I'm going to go today and pick up that book. That's a great story. Pick I up that book. That it's called Hockey Card Stories by Ken Reed. Naz and I have been uh, reading it. It's uh, If you ever collected hockey cards when you were a kid, uh, well, I highly recommend like it. Said, I'm going to go downstairs and I'm gonna go look at those hockey cards that I got. And maybe maybe some of them are worth something. So. Anyways, Dan, the general, are you a uh, you big hockey fan, big world junior fan? What are your thoughts on uh, some of the picks yeah i just uh i'm very a little disappointed in the del cole uh, decision uh to let the uh, uh boy from uh woodbridge go you know but uh sometimes it's youth and sometimes it's uh little politics you know uh we uh, i worked with uh with uh, the vaughn kings for a while there the 93s and we had a guy named sproll and uh and corrado um, uh from um 
from uh, he's he's in Vancouver now, and uh, they had a great camp. And uh, Sprolzy, he was uh, he had a Player of the Year, uh, Defenseman of the Year there at uh, that that year, and uh, they ended up taking Murphy. You know, but uh, it was one of Spotty's boys. So sometimes it's difficult. Not the best guys get picked, and uh, it's unfortunate because uh, he, among other uh, guys like him, are are well deserving. Um, Dan, thanks for uh, thanks for your call. We really appreciate it, and uh, have a great week. Okay, thanks, Wally. Thank you, uh, Naz. Just want to follow up on uh, comments from that call, and uh, you saying other factors come into play, but that's the nature of Canada. Uh, you know, sometimes you're not necessarily picking the best player. You need, you can't have every all the players come from one, can't come from the O, can't come from Western Canada, can come from Quebec. So you you have to have national representation. You've got to balance out the team, uh, and then you've got to pick the team in a certain way. And we certainly we want to talk about that. But we've got Hank on the line. Hank, Hank, are you on the line? Hello, Hank. How are your thoughts? Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. What's I, on your mind today, Hank? I wanted to talk about the Leafs. I mean, here's a team that goes out and beats the winningest team in the league, and then the following game plays plays the worst team in the league, and uh, and you know gets their ass handed to them. And I just, you know, do you attribute that to management? Do you attribute that? You can't say it's a bad game or whatever like last night. Because they do this kind of thing constantly. They're so hot and cold. Yeah. What do you think the solution is? I mean, this has been going on for years and years. The, uh, Hank, thanks for your call. It's a very inconsistent team. But uh, you know what? Every team goes through these. And uh, they're going through a stage where they're uh, going to slump. Chicago slumped at the beginning of the year. L.A., Vancouver, on those road trips, they were slumping. So that's what tends to happen in hockey. But as long as they don't get into a long uh, long losing streak. Uh, we might be in a little trouble if we do. Yeah, I want to address that, Hank, because you know we've talked about that on the show uh, uh, before, uh, and we, you know we had Joe Bowen on the show, and we asked them we asked them that question, like, how did he see the Leafs this year? And and the word he used, and it sticks out in my mind, and he's certainly, uh, you know, he's a seasoned observer of the Toronto Maple Leafs. The word he used was inconsistent, and that's yeah. ex- and that's exactly. That's exactly what they are. Uh, it's an eight, it's an eighty two game schedule. It's an eighty two game schedule. Uh, you're going to have your ups and downs. Unfortunately, you know there's some very bad teams in the league, and you know the Buffalo Sabers, some some bottom feeders. But these bottom feeders win games from now from time to time, and uh, and you know the the teams that are in the middle, the the teams on the bubble like the Leafs, they lose to these teams every now and then, in an, in an eighty two game schedule. Uh, and you're going to see more and more of that. The Leafs are going to go on some runs. They're going to go on some uh, some downturns, 82 games. And we'll see come February and March when the heat gets turned up uh, exactly what happens. But thanks, Hank, for your call. We appreciate it. Uh, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Give us a call. Uh, it's, uh, we've got an open session with the mics today with the phones, 416-360-0740. One eight six six seven four zero zero seven four zero. Please give us a call. We were talking about the World Juniors, and Friday night a couple of controversial things happened, and it was reported reported yesterday. And one of the controversial things, and you're going to get that in the junior tournament all the time, and it's in management's going to get criticized for it. They're always going to get criticized for who they cut in a tournament, and when you're trying trying to deal with the top 
25, 26, under 20 hockey players in Canada. doesn't matter who you're going to get cut. You're going to take criticism. But the one criticism that was a new one is the cuts came late on a Friday night. After they played. After they played. And some of these kids, and let's not forget who they are. They're 18, 19-year-old, and we can use the word kids. That may be unfair. They're young adults. Oh, they're kids. They're kids. Um, And I I, I just thought that that was unfair. You know, that parents and and uh, these 18, 19-year-olds, and there was, I believe, four of them that found out Friday night. Um, I just thought it was the wrong time to do it. Like, why, just why not wait till the next morning? Why did they have to do it, like, at 10.30, 11 o'clock on a Friday night? And, uh, you know, I read the reports on it, and, you know, the kids that found out, it was a natural reaction. They, you know, they... Uh, they were pretty tearful. I mean, they, they, oh, they sure. you know, they, 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 they throw in such a commitment to uh, to make the team. And quite frankly, most of them have never, ever, ever been uh, been cut from a team before in their lives. I mean, these are the cream of the cream. I, I your thoughts on that, Naz? I just, I just didn't think that that was appropriate. Quite I, frankly, I've gone through this in minor hockey quite often. They do it uh, after the last tryout, or they make a phone call, or they send them a. Now they send emails, and well, I'm not sure what the best way is. I know for a fact that after a game is probably not the best best way to do it. But who's to know which how you do it, right? And I've I've seen it in minor hockey I, over and over and over again. So I don't know what what is the best way, Wally. You, you unfortunately, there's winners and losers in in every game you yeah. play. Uh, you have to cut them, and there, and and, we, and and then you know the next thing we want to talk about. We've talked about how they did it. Now we want to talk about their decision making. And I thought I thought the controversial cut uh, from from Friday night was Michael Del Cole. Oh, that's for sure. And uh, Michael Del Cole, fifth fifth overall draft choice, um, New York Islanders last mm. year. He's the leading scorer, best player on the best junior hockey team in Canada right now, averaging two two points a game. Um, 23 goals, 23 assists, I think, or something like that. It's 46 points. He is averaging two points a game. Yeah, and I, I found that a bit surprising, and I think that may go to the philosophy of the team that they're trying to develop. Um I thought the right philosophy, the the new philosophy in building a Canadian team, is what is what they did in uh, with the uh, with the with the national team in Sochi. You know what? Just take your best twenty three players. Take your best twenty two players. I, you know, it doesn't matter. I don't, I'm I'm tired. I don't, I don't like to see the role players out there. I don't like to see the grinders out there. I don't I don't want to see the energy players. I mean, everybody. You know, they've always had. Oh, we got to have this energy line. I've never really understood that philosophy. Why we have to have an energy line? You know, if you're if you're a, if you're one of the top nine hockey players in Canada, or one of the top nine forwards on the team, yeah, right, yeah. You know, if you can skate better, if you can pass better, if you can shoot better than somebody else on that team, then you should be on the team. I I think that's the philosophy of hockey we're trying to develop in Canada. Uh, I don't know if this team in its third and fourth lines really reflects that philosophy. We'll find out. Um, you know, if they win the gold medal tournament, they'll be heroes. Oh, they and, could win it. They could. I mean, they there's could some talent there too. There, 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 there's certainly some talent there. There's no question. Um, if they win the tournament, justifiably so, they'll be praised. Uh, if they lose the tournament, then everybody 
we'll have a look and see and see what happened. Uh, we've got in studio this morning uh, a young gentleman that uh, helps us out from time to time. Our uh, our intern Josh, uh, you're certainly a young man. We want to see a young man's perspective on this. Uh, you you certainly following the uh, trials and tribulations of our junior team. And uh, what are your thoughts on uh, where this team stands and and specifically uh, what it's going to take to win and uh, your thoughts on the Michael Del Cole cut? All right. Well, first off, I just want to say the team is extremely talented, top to bottom. But it's it's tough to see a guy like Michael Del Cole get cut because. In the last couple of years, when we you know we haven't won in five years, getting 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 to a losing streak now, I always feel like we're missing a guy that can score a little more. We're always missing a little bit of scoring, and that's something that that Dal Cole can definitely do. He can put the puck in the net better than almost anyone else in junior hockey right now. I don't even like a top five pick. It's tough to see a guy like that cut. It reminds me of actually three different players who have been cut from the junior team: Sean Monahan, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And Tyler Sagan were each cut at one point from this team. Find it incredible! To, I find it incredible. It's a pretty good time, group, right? That, well, uh, Nugent Hopkins played on the team after he made the NHL. Right, that was the in, lockout in, the, year, right? in the lockout season. But he was cut, I guess, when he was still before his draft. Draft year. eligible, and he ended up going before first his draft overall. eligible. Okay, and uh, Tyler Sagan, um, you know, that you bring back, you bring in a very good point, Josh. Uh, hard to believe that he, given what he's done in right. the NHL today. That he could have been cut from from a junior team, I just, and that would have been they weren't you know they weren't putting necessarily the most skilled players on the team, they were trying to fill holes with respect to a, a philosophy of the team, and um, I don't I'm not so sure that philosophy works anymore in international hockey. I mean they're they're going to be butting heads right. against the Americans. Looks you know you and, look at look at last year's team right it lacks scoring right. It they couldn't put the puck in the net. net. They couldn't put the puck and in the net. And they did the same thing. They released a couple of kids they, that were in the OHL. Don Cherry was uh, really adamant about uh, two kids in the OHL. They were their leading scorers, and they didn't even take them. And they took uh, a lot of other kids. I hope that isn't the case this time. But it looks to me like they. you're right. They should pick the, the 12 best forwards. That's for sure. Anyways, our call-in, uh, give us a call at 416-360-0740, 1-866-740-0740. We'd love to take your call and talk about the World Juniors. It's been a while since Canada won, and, you know, we used to take it for granted um, that, um, you know, that we'd win it or we'd be in the final game or we'd get we'd get pretty close. And I've, over the course of the last few years, I find the biggest difference between Canadian junior hockey teams today and perhaps those of 15, 20, even 10 years ago um, is the goaltending. We used to win this tournament on our goaltenders. They used to steal the tournament. And we don't do that anymore. Certainly not since Carey Price. Uh, you look back at some of the goalies that we've had in net, not, not necessarily that they became NHL stars, but they, uh, they stole tournaments. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen a dominating, I have not seen a dominating Canadian goalie for a while. But anyways, hold that thought, Naz. We've got Lou on the line from Toronto. Lou, are you with us this morning? Yes, I am. How are you guys doing? We're doing fantastic. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Anyways, uh, you want to talk Leafs, you want to talk World Juniors, what's on your mind, Luke? 
Well, I'm just trying to, I, I, the last couple of years we've been falling out of the medal hunt in the World Junior Championships, and I, I'm just kind of wondering, is Hockey Canada, like the program of excellence, are, are we trying to, I, I don't understand what the focus is anymore. Uh, that's that's an interesting uh, analogy. Uh, when you say you don't understand what the focus is anymore, uh, that sort of suggests that there was a focus at one time. So well, at one time we, we used to have kids that go out there, and, and, and nine out of the 12 kids on the roster would probably make it to the NHL or they have a pretty decent career. You'd see them. Uh, you know, now you you look at this roster that, that this year, and, and they're all great kids. Like, from a junior standpoint, all of them are, are you know solid, solid players. Um, but uh, if you look at the way the, the, they're putting the team together, um, seven of the, the, the 13 forwards are, you know, third and fourth line players on, on a team because they, they focus their scoring on two lines. And, you know, Gauthier and Paul are clones of each other as third and fourth line centers. You know, Richie and Vertanen, the same thing. Point and Crosby are the uh, Point and Fabry are the same thing, and Lawson Kraus is basically another type of Richie Vertanen type player. So these guys are grinders. I mean, you know, Gauthier and Paul aren't going to fill up the nets. Um, you know, and in a close in a tournament game, it's a one shot game. This isn't a seven game series. Like, you know, this is supposed to be your your high flying offensive best players. Like Sean Monahan didn't make the team. The next year, he's scoring twenty goals in the NHL. Yeah, you know I what? Mean, Michael Del Cole plays like Sean Monahan. Quite, quite similar, and uh, I that was, that's uh, something that uh, I, I don't understand that cut. Anyways, Lou, you know you seem to be a keen observer of uh, of the World Juniors, and we've talked about uh, very quickly about the Michael Dal Cole cut. Uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't understand why you wouldn't have not only Dal Cole but even Hayden Fleury, an offensively gifted defenseman who can move the puck. Um, and, and I watched the game, uh, highlights of the game on um, against the Russians, and the guys that they kept, uh, they may have played a lot more than Dal Cole and, and even uh, uh, the kids that got cut from the, the team, uh, Chartier and and, and, and and even Dickinson. But, you know, these guys can score. The guys who put the puck in the net. And, and you know, so you got puck time, and you got, you know, okay, now you're going to Corsi and Fenwick and all that kind of possession time. But possession time doesn't win you the game. Possession time gets you in the other team's zone, but look at the Russians. They're a quick-strike team. Transition. I mean, All the time, yeah. And if you ever see Dal Cole play, I mean, I watched them, the, the limited shifts that he got, because he may, he may probably played half as much or a third of the shifts that you know, they're putting Richie and, and Kraus and these other kids on and, and Nick Paul. And, I mean, every time he had the puck, he was dangerous. That's the kind of guy you want on a short tournament. And so, I mean, I would be looking at guys last year in the playoffs you know, Del Cole filled the nets in the regular season. He filled the nets. The guy's got a two-point-a-game player, and you can't find space for this kid on your team. Anyways, Lou, listen, we thank you for your call. We, we've got to cut it short. We've just got a couple of minutes left, and uh, we appreciate your uh, keen observations about the uh, World Junior Team. We certainly uh, thanks for joining us on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour this morning. Uh, we certainly wish the Junior Team, notwithstanding our criticisms, we certainly wish them all the best. We are proud Canadians, and we want to see uh, the Maple Leaf lift, uh, having, having them uh, the gold medal around their necks, certainly. So we'll be full supporters of the, uh, of the Canadian junior team. And the minute that we have left, uh, Naz, uh, I guess we want to uh, wish all of our listeners... Merry Christmas. A yes. Merry Christmas. Uh, the best of the holiday season. We hope uh, everybody finds peace uh, amidst all of the... 
Christmas chaos and have an opportunity to spend some time with family and really enjoy the holiday season as best they can. I wish you and yours, Naz, we've been friends for a long, long time. Yeah. So I wish you and your family uh, all the best. Uh, Merry Christmas and the best of the holiday season and, and a fantastic new year. And uh, we'll be back again. Uh, any parting thoughts? Same to you, Wally. Uh, yeah, to the listeners, thank you very much. Uh, we had our readings come out, and they're fantastic. Keep listening, keep calling, and uh, we'll have more stories for you next week and in the new year. Anyways, you've been listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour uh, from Liberty Village on this Sunday morning. We'll be back again next Sunday morning, same time, 9 a.m. Have a fantastic week. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.